Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Patty Duvall to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Patty, and we're so glad to have you here today. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background with libraries. All right, well, Laura, thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to have the opportunity to talk about school libraries and school librarians. So it's it's great to have this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. So like most, most of my peers and most school librarians, I started out as a classroom teacher. Okay. I started teaching in second grade in a private school in a large city. And then we moved to a very rural area where I started teaching fifth grade in a K through eight school. Okay. So then after I taught fifth grade for about six or seven years, and then I moved up to sixth grade, and I'd been in sixth grade for two years, and then our school district was building a six through 12 high school. Okay. They were going to take everybody from the six through eight part of the elementary school and put us at the high school. Right. And I was talking to somebody one day, and everybody had gotten their new assignments, and we were all kind of worried about how it was going to look. And I was talking to the media specialist at the elementary school. And she said, you know, they didn't get a media specialist yet. Before that moment, the media specialist had never crossed my mind. Oh, wow. And I thought, really? Wow, that's interesting. So I called the principal of the new school, never met him, uh-huh. called him and said, you know, I heard you didn't get a media specialist. And I might be interested. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what it takes to be a media specialist, but I might be interested in it. And that was on Friday and Monday I had the job. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So I think that the media specialist was really encouraging me to do it so that she wouldn't have to. Ah, okay. But, um, But anyway, so here I am, I'm going to, you know, be a media specialist in a brand new school, in a high school setting, which I've never had high school experience. And in Florida, you had, at that time, you had to have either a master's or you had to have 30 hours in a a library track of courses. And the University of Florida offered a program, Go Gators, I live in Gainesville. Uh, University of Florida offered a program where 30 hours to get your certification or 36 hours to get a master's in educational media and instructional design. So obviously, you know, six more hours, why not? I'll have my master's. So I got my master's degree, but as I'm going through the program, I'm opening a new library. So I was about one class behind where I needed to be for every step I needed to take. In ordering my collection, I then I took collection management after I placed the order. Luckily, I had some great help from some from the Follette reps. You know, setting my collection development plan, setting my circulation policy, laying out the library, all those things I did, and then took the course. So, so, you know, so it was a real adventure, but it was the best thing that I ever did. I was so happy in that role to be, because I like to be the go-to person. Mm -hmm. Now, what I didn't know was that that position automatically made me the tech person. Oh, okay. Yes. 
get as most librarians are. And so we have a brand new school with, I don't know, we probably had six computer labs and we did not have a very strong district tech support, nor did we have a district media support. Okay. So I was completely on my own. I called Dell many times for tech support, um, but I had no clue, but I figured it out. And, and I was there for about two years. And then I left, I went and did some other things in life. I was a trainer for a bank. I was a program specialist for an educational consortium. And then I went back to the library and I was an elementary librarian at a small, sweetest little school for about 10 years. And then took a district position as a one-to-one laptop project manager. Okay. And so we had five schools where all their fourth and fifth grades were going to be one-to-one with laptops. And I did tech support. I did training. I did lessons with the kids, all those things. And then that grant ran out. And so then I became an instructional technology coach for our district. There were five of us. And my supervisor was the supervisor of, of media and instructional materials. They combined the position. You said okay. one and then they combined it. So she agreed to combine the position only if she could have an assistant to help her with the media side. So that was me. Oh, nice. Like I could be like a tech coach just for media specialists. It was oh, that's, great. Yes. It was great, especially since it was 2019, 2020. Okay. That's when you stepped into that role? More than our librarians. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What timing? What timing with that? Yes. Okay. Yes. So what role do you find yourself in now? What, what well, you- she has since left the district, and they haven't uncombined the position, but I'm serving as the media services supervisor okay. um, in, in a um, teaching assistant, you know, like a teacher on assignment role. Okay. So... So I'm kind of the media services specialist okay. for our district. So I'm the district media person. Yeah, that's neat. Basically. So like yeah. in Florida now, do you know the requirements to become a media specialist? So in Florida now, and I double checked with our certification person to make sure, uh, if you can either have a master's in an MLIS, okay. you can have a bachelor's with 30 hours in coursework, okay. or you can have a teaching certificate and take the media specialists test as an add-on certification. Okay. All with right. No library background at all. Wow. Okay. Library yeah. coursework at all. Once upon a time, Texas allowed that, but then they they eventually um, did away with that. They called it challenging right. the test. But um, that's it. But you know, some people are ready for it. You know that they right. Right. So what what that gives us is that gives us a great pool of media specialists who are excellent teachers. They know their school. They know their community. They know the curriculum. They just don't know how to run a library. Right. That's true. So that's where I come in. Okay. Kind of kind of like a coach on the side kind of thing. Right. Right. (laughs) That's good. And, And so one of the things that I found in this role is one of the the biggest things in trying to help, especially my elementary media specialists who are all on the wheel. So they teach back-to-back classes all day with no curriculum. And there are teachers that are used to having a curriculum. So like, what do I teach? Mm -hmm. What are they supposed to learn in the library? Yeah. And 
the state of Florida has some, we have our uh, Florida Association of Supervisors of Media. Okay. And in conjunction with the state, they have put together some standards guidelines called the reads and the fines. And the reads are the, the literacy piece. And then the fines are the research piece. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So they're basically some standards there that, that we can use, you know, and they, they were initially broken, broken out by grade level. Recently, they have revisited the fines and kind of grouped them into K2, 3, 5, 6, 8. And so I always, so I've tried to help them develop a, a plan of what, what is it that you need to teach in your elementary library so that they're not every day inventing the wheel. Yeah. Or realizing, oh my gosh, I have kindergartners coming in five minutes. Let's get some coloring sheets out. We need yeah. to color. So to try to give them a framework. So Patty, is there, is there anything online? Like if somebody from another state was wanting to see like what kind of reads and finds that y'all had in Florida? Is that something that- that's it's, on the district, it's on the Florida DOE website. Okay, so we can look for a link for that and we can share mm -hmm. that um, in the sure. show. So that could be a very helpful thing. Okay. Right, right. So, so what I found is in trying to help my media specialists develop a curriculum and you know, guide them in, in what works for them, I help them, I develop a curriculum map. And I looked at what our district scope and sequence was and said, all right, so if in language arts, they're studying fairy tales, great. You know, that's a literacy component in our reads. Let's, you know, let's put that there. So everybody's curriculum map starts out with the first two weeks is all basic library skills. Okay. And that's, and so if we were doing a standards-based plan, we would know that our basic library skills are part of the fines because it's research. And so you can look at the, you could look at the curriculum map and say, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm covering some research skills. Now I'm going to cover some literacy skills. Now we're going to go back to some research skills second semester. Now that I've had my kids a while, they know how to use the library. Now let's look at some research skills. And in there somewhere, we're going to put in some digital citizenship and some digital literacy. So everybody has a framework of what they need okay. to, okay. you know, to, to create a valid curriculum. Because honestly, I really feel like that's our saving grace we're not just being babysitters, mm -hmm. you know, because you're, you're doing instruction. Right. And so they can, they can create, I've also developed a planning template for the media specialists with drop down menus that they can select their standards from to really let their basic library skills lesson. These are the finds that are related to just basic library skills. So they can present their administrator with a solid lesson plan that says these are the standards I'm covering. You know, this is where I am in my scope and sequence. And so it really adds some validity to their curricula. Mm -hmm. That's that's very, very interesting that, you're, that you've created that. Um, so you're not making the lesson plan, but you're giving them like the outline. You're, you're, you've created right. a scope and sequence that matches back. Is it, so what's it, is it matching like the ELA? Yes. Language arts reading curriculum? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Right. It, it mirrors that as, as closely as we can. Right. Because, you know, each of our populations are different. And so for me to hand them a canned curriculum really wouldn't work. Right. And it, and it gives them the freedom to, 
to choose, well, what, which literature am I going to choose? So I try to give them a framework. We were also fortunate enough this summer to pull together a group of media specialists to create a bank of activities. Oh, neat. Okay. So these are all the fun things that I like to do. These are the books that I like to read for Thanksgiving. And these are the activities that I do with them. And so we put them all together on our, uh, our media services. Like a shared drive or, okay. So they can say, oh, I'm interested in a third grade activity. What, what, what are some suggestions? Yeah. And so they can go there and get some ideas. And we're constantly now adding to that pool of resources. But it was something we've always wanted to do. And we had a little bit of money this summer. I could pay a couple people to do it. And so it's been, it's been very successful to have that bank of activities to pull from. Very neat. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to think about like, so if somebody... If somebody was thinking, oh man, I wish my district would do that. Like what kind, what would you say would be some of the, the starter tips um, to help them get trial? Well, so I'm a very standards-based teacher when I was in the classroom. So I would start by looking at your standards and trying to decipher them because they are not always in English. Yeah. <laughs> just to try to get the basics, you know, out of your standards and, and then compare those standards to your ELA scope and sequence, because that, those are the most that are, you know, most in common mm -hmm. and, and, and try to, you know, kind of manipulate those a little bit. But I found that in elementary curriculum, they're, they're either teaching information literacy, literacy appreciation, or digital literacy. Mm -hmm. So if you can, if you can divide your plans up into those three areas, I think it really helps focus what, you know, what you want to accomplish for your, for your framework. Okay. Very good. Okay. And so with yours, like, is it on, on like a shared drive that you have or like, how, how do you make it accessible to everyone? So we use Destiny Discover or Destiny um, Library Manager. And at the, so for everybody's homepage, my predecessor created a Google slide presentation that is everybody's homepage. And I put all the links mm -hmm. to everything that they need on that Google slide template. So oh. if they're looking for those media activities, they can click the link and it takes them to a Google drive. Okay. That, uh, you know, where those resources are housed. We do yeah. that for all of our meeting information, our recordings, uh, professional development. We try to, I tried really hard because I can't pay them anything extra, but I can give them points. Okay. So I'm always trying to come up with an hour here or three hours there of some asynchronous activity that they can do that they can earn, you know, earn some professional development points for and do it at their, you know, asynchronously, which has been very popular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely okay so that that is very fascinating I'm just I'm just thinking back to you know again like in my own state you know there's not something like that and how handy that really would have been to have something especially like when you're just getting started and you don't even yes. know what's happening in the world <laughs> you know right. you're just well, this summer what I did because last year I didn't actually officially take this role until March last year. I was just kind of the interim fill-in person. We were still hoping that my predecessor was going to return and it was kind of back and forth. So I was just kind of filling in. And finally, in, in the meantime, I'm being an instructional technology coach. 
for all the media specialists in a couple of schools, supporting a couple of schools. So over this, and I had at the time five new media specialists. So all I could do really was kind of buddy them up with someone and say, here, be their friend. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then once I formally came into this role, I said, okay, I've got to have something that I can point my new people to day one. Mm-hmm. This is what you, these, this is your framework. So I created a Destiny Basics course. We use Canvas as our learning management system. So any new media aide or a new media specialist can go through that course. They don't even need to be logged into Destiny to do it, to get the basics of what Destiny is, what, what does it mean? How do you check out a book? How do you do an interlibrary loan? How do you pull a report? So that's an asynchronous course for them. And then I also created one on our instructional framework for media specialists and what they're evaluated on. And we took, in the state of Florida, we have an Excel rubric that we, that the Florida Association of Supervisors of Media created to promote our Florida Power Library Program, which is a a library recognition program for school libraries. Mm -hmm. And they have to, you know, meet all this criteria. So our district created our, the media specialist instructional framework based on that. So it goes through the, you know, the five domains of of what you're going to be evaluated on, you know, program administration, instruction and support, mm-hmm. uh, resource management, you know, all the, those domains. So I created an asynchronous course for them to go through and give examples of, well, these are examples of documentation that you should be gathering to support your um your observation with your administrator and say, these are all the things that I do because a lot of it, you know, you can't walk into a library and see and see it all. Right. right. <laughs> so, okay. so we've created, so I created a course for them that allows them to be thinking and to give them an overview of what it is that they need to do and what they're going to be evaluated on by their administrator. And it just helps them focus on, because remember they have no library coursework yeah so they don't know what program administration is so I I also teach graduate school and I was thinking you know like our students gather evidence you know things for like an e-portfolio is that what you're helping them do are they developing like an e-portfolio okay when we first developed it it was paper I want to say eight or nine years ago was when we came up with this big binder and it had tabs and we would meet regularly and everybody share, well, this is what I'm using to document this. And this is what I'm using. Here's all my documentation. I had an administrator that didn't care. I don't want to see that binder. You're an elementary media specialist. You teach classes all day. I'm evaluating you on how you teach your classes, period. End of discussion. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And there is so much more, so much more to what we do for sure. So much more. Okay. Which is why I, I always tell them, guys, I know you became a librarian because you like books, but books are just the beginning. Yeah. Right. There's a whole lot more to this than just the books. It's all wonderful and you're going to love it, but just know it's more than just the books. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think that's something that probably, you know, came out during the pandemic, you know, that they had to discover all the other kind of roles, you know, that the pandemic. So what, when you, when you're thinking back to that, and I think you were kind of hinting, that's when you started in, in that role, mm-hmm. you were saying like 20, 
what are, right. what are some of the takeaways that you have from, from that time? Like, what are some things that really stood well, out? Well, I think that for us, for me and for all of the media specialists in my district specifically, we learned the value of putting books in kids' hands. What do we have to do? I had media specialists that were standing on the corner, wow. you know, waiting for kids to come pick up their books. We used the, we had just moved to the Destiny Library Manager system. Mm-hmm. We and hadn't even yet had taught our kids how to place holds yet. Oh. So because we just moved in 2019-20 was our first year with yeah. this new management system. So we quickly taught our kid made a lot of videos on how to place a hold and so they were you know meeting kids on the curb what do I need you to, to get this book to you I think some of them probably even drove them to their houses you know in some of my smaller communities but we really felt the value of putting books in kids hands and in our district we're not one-to-one so we don't have a large ebook collection. Yeah. We were passing out laptops and hotspots like candy. Yeah. You know, just to, to get kids connected and didn't. And so they didn't have those digital skills that they needed mm-hmm. to, to use ebooks, to even access ebooks. So we really worked hard at figuring out how to put books in kids' hands. Mm-hmm. And it was so eye-opening for us. Wow. So from that time to now, is there anything that, that y'all are like continuing to do, you know, because you discovered something that was just, that worked so well? Well, one of the things that we really like is being able to meet virtually. Ah, yeah. And we miss, we miss each other face to face, but the convenience, Mm -hmm. we have monthly meetings. Okay. And some of the media specialists that live on the that we live and work on the far side of the county, you know, it's a far piece to get here. And so we're going, we're meeting virtually with plans to do one or two in-person meetings at some of our school sites so that we kind of spread the wealth a little bit. But that's, I think that's one of the things. And just the, the whole asynchronous learning for professional development. Yes. Yeah, I think it's been so valuable for us to figure out how to make that work. Yeah, I, I was recently um, talking to some friends that went to AASL, and, mm-hmm. and so many of them were saying that honestly, they could have gotten, in their opinion, they could have gotten the same amount of information and saved a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if, if it would have been virtual. Um, but it's I know, like going to a conference. I know, but we that energy and everything, but you know, but but. I almost wish it could be both, you know, that they would mm-hmm. offer the face-to-face because of that energy right. and that connection that you get is just amazing. But I also know the people who can never travel, you know, I, I know people that never had travel money, you know, they never could do anything, but if they had that option to, to, to do some virtual that they would, you know. Right. Right. We, you know, we also discovered how difficult it is to do those high flex kind of things mm-hmm. too, where you have teachers that are teaching in-person and virtual students at the same time. Yeah. And you know what, how difficult that is to do. Mm-hmm. But, but with being able to learning the importance of asynchronous, asynchronous virtual learning has allowed us and 
to create those professional development courses, like my instructional framework course that says, you know, here you go. This is everything you need to know. You don't need to come to a meeting to learn it. You don't need to sit through. I don't have to worry about, oh, well, you you can't come this week, so I'll have to do it again. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Right here Mm -hmm. at, at your convenience. Go through this. And I think it's so that being able to emphasize that kind of professional development has yeah. really helped. Yeah. So I know you were saying for you that you put things on um, on Destiny and then linked mm-hmm. back to Google Drive. What are your teachers doing? If What are your librarians doing for the teachers on their campus if, if they created videos like that? So it's, it's a mix of either using Google Classroom okay. or Canvas. Okay. So Canvas is our new learning, learning management system that we just rolled out last fall. Mm-hmm. And before that, when we were, were when we we're all quarantined for the pandemic, we were using Google Classroom. So they kind of depending on most of the middle and high schools use Canvas, but my elementary people are sticking to Google. Okay. So, but they do. They a lot of them have a Canvas course or a Google Classroom that they keep all of their information in to be able to share with their teachers. Okay, that makes sense. I can picture that. And I know like where I previously had worked, it was like a Google website. A Google mm-hmm. site, you know, is what I like to do because I'd have all my resources, you know, back in the drive somewhere and I could real right. quick, you know, just pull them up to the, the site to make right. it easily accessible. So, yeah, right. we're, we're a big Google district and but we went with Canvas as our learning management system for some you know, other reasons for documentation and things, but we're still, I was a Google certified tr- educator, you know, so we, we do use, a, and it's so easy and it just makes things so much, so much easier to access your information. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So um, when you're just thinking back to what, what our main topic earlier was with the, um, with the curriculum mapping and you talked a little bit about lesson plans. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have any like closing kind of thoughts for the, the maybe kind of like the new librarians that are, are listening right now? Well, I think that it would be helpful if you, if you can get an understanding of what your expectations are or what, what is, you know, what's being expected of you from your administrator? What what are you going to be observed and evaluated on? I think that because it's different than being a classroom teacher and you have a lot more responsibilities. So I think that the, the first thing would be to find out exactly what your evaluation criteria is going to be and Find out what, if any, does your state have standards or, you know, anything for your media specialist so that you can kind of make sure that you are developing an instructional framework that is standards based and addresses the needs of your students. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I also liked how you had mentioned you pu- were able to pull some librarians together this summer, you know, mm-hmm. so if, you know, if they if they have a good group of librarians within their district or their county or whatever, you know, if there's a way for them just not to do it solo, you know, right. to, to get together. Don't reinvent the wheel every single time, right. Use the right. brain power, the brain power of that room, you know, is a good, <laughs> of the room you're in, it's gonna be a good, a good kind of strength to pull from. Right. All right. All right, so Patty, um, you've had a lot of really interesting ideas. What, what kind of things do you do yourself 
that inspire you and help you keep learning? Well, you know, it's that's an interesting question. I was kind of in a silo for a long time. And other than our district, we are very fortunate that as an, being on the instructional technology side, we get to go to the, it's called the FETC conference, the Future of Technology and Education. It's always in Florida. It used to be the Florida Education Technology Conference, but okay. it's a really big national conference. Mm -hmm. And in the past five to seven years, that conference has developed a library media track. So you can really focus on informational technology and technology for media specialists. So I'm actually presenting this year. Awesome. I'm a nervous wreck. It's a two-hour workshop. Two? Oh, wow. Yeah, the two-hour workshop on the instructional framework for library media specialists. Ah, okay. That should be interesting. But so that's been helpful. And I just recently, I just feel like I'm so late to this party. Uh, to become involved in our our state conference, you know, in our state organization, Florida's organization is called FAME. Okay. And it's the Florida Association of Media and Education. Okay. Just become involved in that. And we'll be going to that conference in November, December. I joined AASL, have been looking at watching the town halls, yeah. school library journal, you know, all those things. It's like just this year, and I really probably, that's probably bad to say, but I've been in a silo and now I feel like, oh my gosh, there's this huge world out there that I need to bring to my people. Mm -hmm. I need to encourage them to not be in the silo either. Let's come on. Let's Let's join this party. So I've really worked towards getting a good handful of people to go to the FAME conference and to be active in FAME. We have our, our local professional organization called the Professional Association of Library Media Specialists. And basically, it's our hospitality group. But, <laughs> but we, we do do some professional development, too. So but, but for me, going to conferences and really just reaching out and even even social media is so eye-opening. Mm -hmm. It's so eye-opening. And I was always just like, I, I was on Facebook, but only personally and only so I could stop what my children were doing. <laughs> okay. So I just feel like I just have gotten this whole world of, of information all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and just for people who aren't real, like, you know, you hadn't used Facebook yet professionally, you had mentioned um, people need to know they can use that search bar on Facebook and type in all kinds. They could probably type in curriculum mapping. You know, that, mm -hmm. that might even come up. But um, elementary librarians, secondary librarians, middle school, you know, what any kind of phrase like that. And it's amazing the groups that are already out there. Um, I know. I had, I had no clue. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and on Twitter, <laughs> it'll work the same way on Twitter and Instagram. You know, just search for things and you'll be super surprised. You know, what, what's yes. out there. Yeah. All right. So yes. for anybody who wants to be able to find you online so they can follow you and uh, keep learning from you, where, where will they find you? So I'm on Instagram at Media Patty. I'm, I, it's a new account. I've just started it. Yeah. But um, and they can also email me at Media Patty 803 at Gmail. OK. And I need to add that um, to our list. But that's my my email that I've kind of developed for this persona of you know, being able to support media specialists outside my district. Mm -hmm. Good. And so Patty, for if, if you have any 
images of anything you know you want to share with the group you know we'll mm-hmm. be putting that on the show notes or any links sure. that we have um, that that might be good for people to to get ideas on how to develop their own curriculum mapping sure. that would be awesome so yeah i'll be happy to share that okay all right well thanks so much for your time it's been great chatting with you today well, thank and you just thank you for for sharing so much of your knowledge with our audience today well, thank you so much for having me it's been a lot of fun you're welcome have a great day bye-bye you too.